It was a very cold March morning in Netherlands, probably one and a half decades back. In the palatial headquarter of a large oil and gas company. But the conference room where the discussion was happening is heated with emotions. The discussion was around total outsourcing program of the infrastructure services and the potential layoffs. Close to 600 people due to this. The then infrahead who is now the CIO said, you have to walk over my dead body to retrench 600 of my own family members. This was not a very good thing to say from an emotional quotient standpoint from an infrahead who, who was a director at that point in time. But he said that. Unfortunately, gone are those days when leaders protected their team from situations like this. And not only protected the team, protected 600 families and probably 2400 people. Namaskar, my name is Anjan and I serve as an IT professional having an experience of more than two and a half decades and would like to talk about little more on this episode of this season on layoffs. So the statistics reveal that more than half a million people lost their job only in 2023. And why this is happening? This is happening is because of sudden inflation, Ukraine war, uh, lack of macroeconomic tailwind. No, nothing like that. Uh, Ukraine war have been going on for past uh, several months, almost a year now. Uh, several things are happening in terms of inflation, salary hikes, consistently throughout last year. But why suddenly 2023 is chosen for the year of layoffs? And new news is keep on coming. I mean, even yesterday, there was some news of big four consulting and auditing firms laying up some people. Basically, in my view, there are three reasons. One, what triggered this thing? What triggered is the uh, a kind of bleak growth outlook for 2023, which the analysts and the economic forecasters had been talking about uh, since end of 2022, maybe last three months of 2022, they talked about 2023 would be not be good as compared to 2022. That is one that's triggered the whole exercise of thinking about the resources, thinking about the number of people you have, thinking about whether it is optimized count of people that you should have or not. The second thing that has really triggered and, and going to haunt us for fairly long period is the indiscriminate hiring that we have had during the COVID time. There was a total mismatch of supply and demand during that time. And we hired people with 10 times the salary they deserve. Maybe 
many folds the salary that is the market was offering. So it was a competition of capturing the talent at the best possible price. And that possible price was definitely not what the market demanded. So in economics, the simple reason or simple philosophy is that whatever is the imbalance, market corrects itself. So it's a kind of a market correction. I know a person uh, who has got about 2.7 years of experience and drawing a salary of 58 lakhs. Yes, you heard it right. It is 58 lakhs, not 5.8. So every possible calculation of X years of experience will translate into X years of salary has actually gone completely weird uh, with the hiring we have had during the COVID times. So uh, that indiscriminate hiring is actually getting corrected now by getting rid of some of the people. Lastly, there is a set of companies who are always kind of taking up the opportunities or waiting for the opportune moment to do some corrections. So some people, some, some companies, if you look at, there is nothing wrong in terms of their balance sheet. They are making a lot of money. Their growth forecast is not at all bleak. Their uh, forecast for next two quarters, next three quarters is also not kind of bleak. The pipeline is healthy, yet they are laying off people. This is because they want to take this opportunity for some kind of quote-unquote built tightening exercise. So these are three prominent reasons which are driving this layoff. Now the question comes, who are getting impacted? Anyone who is not adding value. Anyone who is not adding value to the salary. Anyone who is not adding value to the company, to their client, to the deliverables that they work on, to the products that they work on. So if you are not adding value, if you judge yourself that you are not adding value in terms of the work you do, then of course that is that is something which you are you are replaceable. There are other metrics which have been developed, been people are tracked uh, in terms of chargeability, in terms of billability. These are common known terms after after the layoff that happened in some of the big IT firms that whether you are in a client-facing role or your kind of quote-unquote back office uh, corporate function kind of a job. So if you are not in a client-facing job, that increases the risk. Not that you are a potential candidate for a layoff, but yes, that increases the risk. The last thing I want to talk about is how to survive. Of course, this prescription is not going to be same for all people. I mean, the age group of 20 to 30, I would prescribe you learn more, learn new things, learn things that are not known, not easily available within the organization, within the market. Say, for example, uh, last six months or so, ChatGPT has made a lot of waves in the market. So try to learn generative AI, large language models how you can contribute to it. Metaverse has made a lot of fame. Try to learn a technology which is going to add value to your career and you can add value back to the organization. People who are in range of 
30 to 45 is a mixture of learning and applying those values. So try to leverage upon whatever you have learned earlier. Probably you are carrying an experience of 13 years. Out of that 13 years, probably three years would be relevant experience. Less list of the 10 years or remaining of the 10 years are the experience that you are going to capitalize on. Try to add value on those experiences. Try to extract the learning and try to apply it here to create value. And people who are in the range of 45 to 60, taking that 60 is the retirement age, probably you should really fall upon a portfolio life. And the portfolio life is kind of a combination of a lot of things, something you do for your earning, something you do for your well-being, something you do for your hobbies. And there is a distinct disadvantage of people who are 45 plus compared to who are at 20s or 30s is health-wise you are not fit enough. Mentally you are carrying so much of responsibility that produces a lot of stress that leads to anxiety. So you are at disadvantageous position in terms of your mental and physical health. But you are actually in an advantageous position because you have already created a wealth that you can encash upon, that you can build upon, that you can rely upon as your next step towards your portfolio life. So the prescriptions are different. And lastly, this whole thing is not going to end now. We're in late April, early May of 2023. But we will continue to hear such news as till end of this year. Till the market stabilization comes in, till the correction I talked about earlier is achieved. So, the path ahead is difficult, but yet we have seen the dot-com boom in 2000 and the dot-com meltdown. We have seen the subprime, subprime crisis in 2007-8. And each crisis, the industry, the digital transformation has evolved in a different way. So probably end of this, we will have a different kind of evolution and that would be good for everyone also. Hope you like the podcast. If you do, kindly share, kindly distribute amongst your friends and listen to it once again. Thank you so much.